0: You were listening to episode 235 of the Comic pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives.
1: Well, it looks like, uh, the live tickers going up and let's see, we have Sean, we have kale, we have Pete. Oh, that's why. Okay. You
0: guys ever notice how when Phil's not here, the only joke is that Phil's not here?
2: Yeah, yeah. you know, I got to yeah, say, much so. when Marco, um, he had like a bit of a pregnant pause before he went to that lame ass attempt at a bit. And, you know, I really thought he was going to just just whiff it. And honestly, that would have been better.
3: I like yeah. what the fuck is a live ticker? We've been doing that one for a while. and I, I don't get it.
0: You know, like when you watch CNN at nope. the bottom, like Michael Jackson has died. You know, blah blah blah, like that.
2: What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that. That was the news story that Sean went to. <laughs> it happened like, <laughs> like fifteen years ago. <laughs> how's yeah, that Janet was Janet pretty big the North. deal
0: in in my life?
2: I mean, you're not wrong. It's just <laughs> <laughs> I
0: just I don't know. That's just where my brain went. I, you know, um, how's Janet taking the news? Pretty hard, man. <laughs> uh (laughs) unreal um so the Jacksons aside we are the pals and we've got a lot of things to talk to you guys about today we're going to be reading uh some of your some of your your comments from the week we're going to be talking about all the biggest things in the news and let me tell you something this week was so big so much news uh, it's uh, it's actually unbelievable. We're gonna be we talking about the return of New York Comic Con, if you can believe that. <sighs> um, Amelia Clark is stepping into the fray with her own comic book, oh. aping Marvel, and we'll I'll tell you how a little when we get to it. <laughs> uh, DC is launching a new imprint, even though they and? can't get the ones they have already together. Damn. And we're going to be discussing, in light of the Falcon Winter Soldier finale, and a new um, hard-to-miss petition on the part of fans, will the fans of the MCU be able to move on from Steve Rogers and Tony Stark and all the rest of the old guard Avengers in Phase Four and beyond? That's what we're going to be talking about today, and 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 other things too. To jam-packed show, big before week. we. Yes, big week. Before we dive into everything, I want to let you guys know, if you're listening to us, which of course you are, if you can hear the sound of my voice, uh, where you can find us all over the internet. Of course, we are the Comics Pals. Every single Monday, we talk about the comic book characters you love and all of the places you can find them and the business of the industry and movies and television and all that good jazz. Wherever you listen to us, make sure that you leave us a follow and a rating or a review. If you're listening to us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like the video, share it with your friends, hit the notification bell, so you can be made aware of when we drop new content. All of those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. If you wanna chat with us, you can write to us at gmail.com or, and, or I should say, you can join our Discord server to continue the conversations from this show, uh, and anything else you wanna talk about, really, uh, you can issue a challenge to me in Super Smash Brothers in the Weeb channel, which I guess
3: that's where you do that at. Fucking fools alongside our Chainsaw Man vomiting pick.
2: Disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I, feel like, can- I feel like they're doing that just to get a rise out of you, Sean. They issue the yeah. challenges in the Weeb chat, so you have to go to the Weeb chat and look at <laughs> the fucking just filth, the cesspool of this community just all spilling over over there. Yep. You, you may well be correct about that. Um, but
0: I don't frequent it enough to really be affected. Um, You can join the black box party in the TV channel where you can't see a darn thing. You just change that to the black box. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Um, Yeah. And by the way, big news while we're still at it. If you go away from this podcast, which I don't think you should do, but after you're done listening to it, check out our interview with the one and only Garth Ennis. Yes, we were able to speak with the legendary Garth Ennis, creator of The Boys, well known and regarded for writing The Punisher, The Tanky, String Bags, his Dead Reckoning stuff. Lots of, yeah, lots of amazing work uh, from amazing an amazing creator. Listen to our interview with him. Give us the feedback. We want to hear what you guys think about that. Uh, Also, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Monday, our Sam Wilson. Captain America book club has dropped Uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, of course, sets the stage for some pretty big things for Sam Wilson. And I think if you read that book, you will have a good idea of where they want to go with the character. So read it, listen to us, talk about it, guaranteed to have a great time. And then look at all the backlog of book clubs that we've got. It's a ton. There's plenty. I'm sure you will find something that is for you. If you don't write in, let us know, recommend a book. We'll do it. Uh, and last but not least, we've got the we watch Falcon Winter Soldier, which wrapped up, of course, because that show is over now. And we watch Invincible, which will be wrapping up this week. So stay tuned for all of that. And then join us for Loki down the road. What a month, we, man. What I a know. month we've had here.
3: And Seriously. We're wrapping up next week, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, isn't it? Well, this, is is the last episode. Not this one. Th- that's, that's actually up. correct
2: yeah sean is correct yeah. the last episode will be this week when you're listening to this episode yeah right you
0: gotta speak in the future too.
2: yeah
3: the what
0: exactly um <laughs> so speaking of a big week speaking of us having a lot of things going on you know we've been putting out these image reviews uh day and date because image has been gracious enough to hook us up with some re- with some um with some books ahead of time and we got some comments about them. So uh, we got we got a couple of people talking to us about our home number one review. And
2: uh, yeah, we're going to read those now. So Pete, go ahead and take it away. Sure. So this first one comes from Johnny Talks Comics on our home number one review and said, Hey, folks, I read this earlier today and uploaded a rambling overview with some thoughts. It was a difficult story to talk about as it's quite a sensitive subject. It was interesting to hear that you felt very similar to about this story to me, although you put it much better than I did. I was really looking forward to it, but I kind of felt like the writer was regurgitating a summarized news story from the past one or two years. I felt like it was an opportunity to do something really cool. Anyway, it was a good listen in. I'll look out for your next. Next episode. Thanks a lot, Johnny. Nice. Thanks. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah. You know what? It's funny.
0: Maybe it's not funny. I don't know. But I think that sometimes you read a book like this or you watch a movie that has similar themes or whatever, and you're afraid to criticize it because maybe your skin's too light or you know, you just don't want to be on the wrong side of a conversation about these sensitive subjects. But
3: I don't care. Um, so that's not a problem for me. And so so come at Sean at Sean soapbox on Twitter. That's
0: perfectly fine. But on this podcast, you know, our bread and butter is that we have the conversation and, you know, we're going to have it, whether or not it makes people happy, whether or not, you know, uh, it makes some of us look bad or whatever, because we're being honest and that's what matters. So if that's how you honestly feel and it's not biased and you're critiquing the work, More power to you, because that's what I did. That's what all of us did. So um, speaking of that, there was someone who did not like our critique of the work. And I want us to read that as well. So go ahead, Pete.
2: Yeah, so this one came from Lang Reeves on that same episode and said, one of the best first issues I've ever read. It engaged me. Loved the characters. Loved the deep level of humanity. Did we read the same comic? I really liked it. Super excited to see him develop his powers. Feel like y'all are overly picky. Every comic is trash if subjected to too much pickiness and inferences. Okay. um, So (laughs) I
0: don't agree. I challenge you to nitpick Watchmen to the point of trash um, or any number of, you know, classic, tremendous comics. Uh, I think it's okay to not agree. Um, That's perfectly fine. I actually think the book landed for quite a few people. If you check Twitter, um, there have been, there have been people who have celebrated it, but uh, just didn't do it for me or the rest of us here. By and large, I mean I think Pete liked it. So um,
2: I didn't don't even like it. I just didn't dislike it as much as you guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and 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 quite frankly, I've I've watched the news, so I kind of get it, right? And mm. nothing nothing that issue one had to say was something that you couldn't have seen on any number of television channels or opening any yeah. number of websites. The only thing it did that was unique is the end where you know how that resolves. And right. A spoiler here. Um, but that's the hook. And so if it only takes one issue to get great, sure, no problem. I can sit through one bad issue, um, or one subpar, one with how however you want to call it. Um, but we were asked by multiple people if we would be reviewing the next one or, you know, looking forward to our review of the next one. So we will review the next one. Yeah. And hopefully we enjoy that one more because I certainly don't have any problems with the creators. Yeah. And I think you can absolutely tell a story uh of that type if you're going to do something really compelling. So yeah, why not?
2: Yeah, I, I definitely echo everything you said, Sean, right? Like there's nothing wrong with us disagreeing. Um, you know, I I in that inner uh, in that review, I remember saying that it felt like we were like, picking it apart before it really had gotten, you know, to where it was going. But, I mean, I think you made the really strong point then and there, Sean, that, like, that's the job of an issue number one, you know? And, like, in recent memory, we read a few really, really good issue number ones that I don't think you can pick apart um, and, and nitpick to the degree that we did that book because they don't have as many problems. Um, Yeah. So, you know, like, glad you enjoyed it. That's the takeaway. Fr-
0: frankly, our Geiger... Review continues to get comments and everybody loves Geiger. Mm -hmm. Mm.
2: Right. Oh, and like, again, right? We just had Ron V on. We loved the first issue of the Swamp Thing. Uh, We did Beta Ray Bill a few weeks ago. I don't give a fuck about Beta Ray Bill. Never uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, right? Never familiar with him before that. Made a complete fan out of me of both. Uh, You know? So there you go. No shade. Just wasn't for us. Exactly. Hopefully.
0: The second one lands better, at least for the comics. Let's see where it goes. Speaking of Beta Ray Bill, uh, well, you guys clearly really liked it because all three of you, Marco P and Kale,
2: put Beta Ray Bill on your pals' poles. I loved that first issue. Um, I mean, I think we we talked about, you know, the the story I thought was a good setup, again, for someone who isn't really familiar with the character. I think it... um, humanized him a lot it gave you a lot to connect with like about what his struggle is like and what are the challenges he goes through at like internally um which made me want to root for the guy um but more than that i mean holy shit the art is just next level oh my god it's like a perfect uh synthesis of you know I, I, like big two superhero comics but also with a mix of that like Underground comics with an X, like it's a little dirtier, it's a little scragglier, but like, Mm. God, it feels
1: so good. Yeah, anything that Warren Johnson puts out is like gold. Yeah, anything. Murder Falcon, uh, Extremity. Now this stuff, I have to read Wonder Woman Dead Earth. Like, there's so much. Yeah, yeah. And as a creator, anything he puts out, I'm I'm there to support. So this this book is awesome. I
0: actually did not get around to reading the first one, but I was hyped for its release because they set this up in Thor. Um, Donny Donnie Kate's Thor run has kind of kind of set Beta Ray Bill on a certain path, mm. and that is where the book goes, follows mm. up. Mm. Um so I will certainly be reading the first one and we'll we will be reviewing the second one. Because of everyone's excitement about it, we have to do it if you if if we're into it and you guys are into it, why not right so um yeah
2: you I'm excited that. to hear what you think of it I know that like the that's that art style doesn't always connect with you, but I feel like it's I feel like it might do a better job with this one because it's not like as um, like that degree yeah it's not, like as extremely in that style it's like more like an influence of that style so I'm interested to see what you think about it.
0: Yeah, I've seen his work before. I, I think it's. I think it looks uh, good. It's For quality sure. stuff.
3: Yeah, um, oh, it, it's good. All right. Sean, right now, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel R. Johnson. Yeah, he's good. He's all right. He puts, <laughs> he puts on some fine stuff. Yeah, solid. I think Phil Ford. would really like that book. He did. probably wasn't
2: he wasn't he on the review when we did it. I think it was just the three of us. Wasn't it? Was it? I thought so.
3: Yeah, he'd love that book.
2: Anyway, uh, well. <laughs>
0: Um, Marco shows Berserker number two to the Let's
3: surprise
1: of go. me. Really? Sp- yeah. Speaking <laughs> of work, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had fun with that first issue. I, I definitely want to see what um, what they have to put out in, in issue two. We've gone back in time now, so I, that that was an interesting draw for me, especially for the story. So I'm I'm there, and it's Matt Kent. I trust his work. He's the co-writer alongside Keanu. So whatever he he puts out, I usually thoroughly enjoy. And mm. so I'm not concerned about where the story is going to go necessarily. I kind of just want to see how it unfolds because mm. uh, I, I trust the work and the creators.
2: It's pretty cool that Keanu Reeves was like that open with Matt Kent about, you know, his real life experiences as an immortal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah
2: it, it's, it's got to be hard to talk about. Yeah, you for know? sure.
1: I mean, imagine, like, remembering all the stuff that happens, like, condensing your life like that. It's crazy. Tough. Kale, how do you feel about that? Feel about what? Being
4: uh, an ancient listening?
0: person. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 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 so, uh, Pete shows the
2: Hellfire Gala Guide. I have no fucking idea what this is. But I saw it on the uh, solicits on Midtown, and it's like a free comic book day thing. And I don't like it being oh, yeah, that's next week. the guide. I'm like, is it just going to be like all of those fashion designs that we looked at that Russell Dotterman shared on whatever it was like deadline or whatever? Um, or is it going to be like, like an in-universe promotional thing? I don't know, but I want to get my hands on it because I'm very excited about the Hellfire Gala.
0: <laughs> Man, I did not realize that free comic book day was next week. Because it's like a um, month now,
2: right? They're doing that again. That was just, are they? I thought so. I might be wrong, but I thought I saw solicits for free comic book day that go into the summer again this year.
0: You may, huh. ma- you may well be correct. I don't remember, although I'm pretty sure we talked about whatever the plan is already at some point. Probably. <laughs> um. So, yeah. That's cool, though. Uh, Love Hellfire Gala. Can't wait for it to start. Speaking of X-Men... I actually got my uh, Ten of Swords. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, if you guys will give me like five seconds of grace, I will get it right now so that you can see it. it.
1: Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I don't know. why, Why put yourself through that?
2: You know, dude, I like at he, this he, point, he, he he did it after like the first issue. Remember? All right. Yeah, I I feel like at this point, like he did it. He's doing it for the art, you know, like he, he absolutely could have canceled this order. But like, he's like, yeah. nah, man, I'm going to suffer for the podcast. I mean, I'm surprised I, I
3: mean, have surprised it here. It wasn't propping up his computer screen like.
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm going to read it, man. Um, You're going to read it again. again? Why? <laughs> sure. Why not? It looks great. Okay. First, of it all, it is oh, yeah. a good looking book. It does uh second of all i mean look at that artwork right yeah um for those of you listening on youtube i'm holding it up um it's it's not necessarily a good event right we know this but i think it starts well and i think it ends really well i think the ending was strong and i think the start was intriguing it's that once they sit down for dinner and all the wackiness begins. Yeah. That's when it's kind of like, eh. I think like it's
2: but I'm the gonna second it time they sit down for dinner where they really lost me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that
1: was a lot. That was a little heavy. I, I but, feel like I feel like Sean, you have those issues though, like the good ones. You're absolutely right, Marco. However, I
0: don't know if you've heard of this, but I'm a comic book reader, right? Yeesh. And so what we like to do Yeesh. is we yeah. like to spend a lot of money on a run, and then spend money again. And by the run again, that's what we do.
3: Now, hang on. I can attest. Can attest. I am a comic book reader, but I've never heard of this M word you keep saying. Spend a lot of money, Kale. Oh, so
0: how do you read your books then, Kale?
3: That's what he has a wife for, Sean. I read. I read (laughs) the same books over and over and over again. (laughs) That's why I only talk about four things.
0: Well, speaking of something old, I chose JLA Tower of Babel hardcover. Uh, I'm actually not convinced I don't own this, but I know I haven't read it. <laughs> uh, it's being reprinted in hardcover. I probably am not going to check to see if I already own it. I'll probably just buy it again because that's what we do. Respect,
2: Sean. Respect. You, you, you know, so right Sean, let me ask you this uh, How often do you go through your collection? Like, regularly at all never because i remember before i moved it was the first time i really had to go through all my comics in like five or six years and the amount of issues i found that i had bought more than one time was
4: embarrassing
2: <laughs> oh
0: man yeah please i do that all the time when i go to midtown i'm like oh crap i forgot to buy this last week and i buy it and then i get home like, and oh, I'm I'm like, no, oh, it's i it's right there it's right in my face.
2: Yeah, no, I've done that a lot. Like, so often where like you go to pull it and the last issue's behind you and you're like, oh yeah, I need this too. No, you don't, you fucking idiot. Now you have three copies of Invincible 99. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the worst at,
0: at Comic-Con. Like, I, I, It doesn't happen as much because we're really busy at Comic-Con now, but yeah. um, when we weren't, or when we weren't together, rather, I would go and like find the like five, $10 trades, Marvel DC trades yeah. and just buy, buy, buy. And then realize, Oh, I bought this last year or <laughs> I bought that two years ago or whatever. And I have like three copies of ultimate, um, ultimate Avengers by Jonathan Aikman.
2: I feel like with, uh, collections, it's not like as bad. Cause it's like, you just give that to somebody as like a gift or something. Like the same sing- friends that read
0: comics. Wow. <laughs> awful that's why I do this um, I, I mean it's in the tagline right we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives that's, true. that's about me <laughs> not you.
2: never gave me a damn comic um, you don't read Living comics that's what he just said you live yeah uh, <laughs> but um, I did want to just give a quick shout out if you guys would like a solution um, I have this app that I use it's called CLZ comics This is a plug uh, I, I mean if they want to give us a, a, a sponsorship that'd be great um but yeah it's it's literally just like a database for all your comics and like oh, when I I had that app when I moved I updated it once with my whole collection and now every time I get a book I just throw it on um so that's helped me not do that anymore
0: <laughs> you must not buy comics that frequently I can't I, sit you can't sit and, can't sit and catalog that's, them every fucking week crazy. Yeah, what
1: no way that was the funnest part about go picking up books weekly is you read it and then you put it into an exp- expel like it's awesome God. that doesn't God. sound fun The that last so
2: much fun the last time I really like sat down and did a big batch was when we came back from comic con 2019 because I bought like 40 issues of invincible and it was just like sitting there literally just like check check <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's so fucking tedious it's insane Nerds. Uh, so I, would,
3: Kale- I would love to find out who in our audience relates to all this because I can tell you I do not at all <laughs>
2: It's because you're a trade waiter. You don't understand the yeah. joys of collecting. You're absolutely right. I uh, don't want all that
3: fire starter hoarder bullshit in my house.
0: Well, in any event, I guess that means Kale will not be picking up his poll, Robin number one.
3: Yeah, you're probably right. Well, that's because <laughs> the, the comic shops are all closed here, so. Um, oh, and I buy digital anyway. So actually, I probably will. Uh, this is. Uh, Probably the last chance I'm going to give Damian Wayne is Robin. I don't like Damian. What? Mm. Or even less, I don't like Damian as Robin.
1: Did you Did you read uh, Son of Bat- of Yeah, Son of Batman? I think um, with Patrick Gleason. No, it was uh, It was. Uh, I think it was like a post New Fifty Two book. That was a that, really really good exploration of the character. I thought a lot of
3: fun. Is that the one where Bruce dies? Not not the original death, but he he dies and he and Damien has to like grow up and become Batman.
1: No, 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 no. The this one he he has like a pet demon or something. No, I didn't. I definitely didn't read that. Um and I won't. Uh right. but
3: this sounds cool. Uh so this is uh Joshua Williamson and Gleb Mein Meinkoff. Melkinoff you guys What's been? What's wrong I, with you? Have, you? have you guys seen the DC website? I can't see the... Oh, I guess I could zoom in. <laughs> anyway, Your
2: ass eyes get a bigger screen.
3: <laughs> uh, Damien has decided to go off on his own and figure out what it means to be a hero. And I guess what that means is he's going to go kick some ninja ass. Nice. You know what? I'm here for that.
0: Joshua Williamson is one of my favorite creators right now of recent history. He's very talented. His flash run. I was, all, I was running all over this podcast talking about how much I loved it. Um, and Gleb Melnikov is the trolliest of trolls in comics, but he's also extremely talented. And no one can shut him up because he's real good at what he does. So I can't wait to see this team up. And what Joshua Williamson has to say about Robin, Damian Wayne.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm. I really want to get into Williamson's uh, Flash. I heard really good stuff. Flash is a character that I always want to read, but don't. Probably similar to Daredevil. Um, but the stuff I heard about that made me really want to get it. So I'm real excited to try to get in on the the ground floor with Robin and then uh, be more incentivized for The Flash.
0: Flash is probably too long for a book club, but I think you would really enjoy it. I really do. Sick. Let's jump into the news. Um, New York Comic Con. You know, I'm, I'm really mad about this announcement. Okay. Before we even talk about it, New York Comic Con is coming back this year. I'm really mad about this announcement for one reason only. COVID, who, who cares? Whatever. <laughs> I'm mad because <laughs> I now have a black mark on my uh, my predictions.
4: I yeah, said it wouldn't wow. be coming back. I yep. see.
2: Wow. Yep. Yeah. I think yeah. we all said that, right? I think we did. Yeah, yeah. We did. That sucks. But
0: great. Putting that aside, putting putting me aside, uh San Diego Comic Con announced their Thanksgiving whatever. And <laughs> New York Comic Con followed suit uh, not terribly long after the fact. And I think Christmas. maybe they were maybe imagine uh, maybe they were waiting on that. But in any event, we now know that New York Comic Con is officially coming back. Uh, they did send out an email uh, that I don't I don't know who all got it or didn't get it, but um, it's, it's returning. Um, and here are the, the hits as far as what we can expect uh so number one uh we will be running all our shows with reduced capacity they announced several shows they announced uh florida supercon will be returning september 10th through the 12th emerald city comic-con will be returning uh december 2nd through the 5th and c2e2 will be returning december 10th through the 12th uh with the dates for uh, new york comic-con being october 7th through the 10th so they say we will be running all our shelves with reduced capacity. With our new safety precautions in place, attendance and badges will be very limited so that we can ensure physical distancing. We're working closely with each convention center to determine how many people are permitted in the building every day and at a given time. Two, we are requiring approved face coverings for all individuals attending our events, including our exhibitors and staff. They must be worn at all times within our venues. For more information, you can visit the FAQ pages on each of our show websites. Three, temperature screening upon entry will be required to enter our events. Anyone with an elevated temperature will not be permitted to enter the event. Four, we will have increased sanitation and cleaning with enforced physical distancing throughout the event. And five, we have also adapted a firm no handshakes, no high fives, no hugs policy. We're all going to have to get very smooth and cool looking at either the elbow bump or air high fives. Please start practicing now.
1: Just bow, bro. Let's bring that up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That could get real awkward because there will be someone standing behind you. Oh, yeah, that would be bad.
2: (laughs) Not
3: if you're into it.
0: What if they're not? Okay.
3: What if
2: they are?
0: Well, then, take it. I mean, then I
2: I guess you both won in that dice roll
1: uh go ahead sorry the the enforced
2: physical distancing i feel like is not gonna happen bit. at all yeah 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 that's you, gonna be hard to impossible everyone and can't be six feet apart and then the next rule is about how you can't touch hands but you can elbow bump we're not six feet apart if we're bumping elbows like what are we talking <laughs> about here they probably wingspan what they probably mean is like with seating like in, you know, panels and stuff, they'll probably oh, sure. like keep people a certain number of seats apart and, you know, have less people being able to go to the panels and what have you. And, you know, that's well, p- probably what they're talking about.
3: Well, and and this really stood out to me is the amount of conventions spread across the country. I wonder uh, if they've done that specifically so they can sort of put them in key areas so that you know, people will go to what's closest to them, as opposed to flocking all to oh, one okay. place.
2: Sure, sure. Yeah. Well,
0: this is their. This is these are their cons. You know, this is these are the Reed Pop conventions.
2: They're not usually this close together, though.
0: Right. Right. Because C two e two is well,
2: usually in the summer. No. No fall. No C two e two is in like January. Oh, okay. Okay. Year. Yeah. yeah. Either, either way, far away from from New York. Um. Sure. But yeah, uh I don't know, man. This gives me a lot of feelings. Um <laughs> I, I'm going. And <laughs> I think I'm going, guys. You're going, Marco? Yeah, I'll
1: be yeah. here.
0: I'm vexed. I'm I'm down. I got, we got coverage.
2: I gotta be there. Shit. <laughs> so I mean I'm going, yeah, we'll I guess be okay. I'm going. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like I part of me still feels weird about it. If I'm being honest with you, but in the same breath, I really want to go <laughs> and I also feel and this is like a really stupid reason to do something that I feel is like potentially dangerous, but like, I don't want to break my streak, you know, like I've gone every year since 2010, except for last year. I don't know. You know, I just feels like the move. Well we
0: are a ways away from October yet. And I think that there's still ways that things can develop to where it would make no sense to go um, safe safety wise. But I also think that, you know, by and large more and more people will be getting vaccinated. And unless there is a change in the virus um,
2: that should be, you know, that should mean
0: that you're probably pretty
2: safe, especially Um, if they're, doing temperature checks and everything and you know whatever like yeah as long as they're actually doing that and being on top of it which i imagine they will be because otherwise if somebody got sick they're gonna get fucking sued into the ground yeah um well and everybody's gonna be wearing masks and physical distancing like by all accounts it sounds like they you know it should be okay holy crap though can you imagine how awful it will be to be in the javits center for an entire day with a mask on Holy shit. Yeah. It's going to yeah. smell disgusting.
1: <laughs> well, six feet is the minimum radius for the smell, uh, the smell
2: factor there. So I don't know. I Yo, think bro, we are be not going to be six feet apart from anybody. That's not happening. There's <laughs> not six feet in the Javits Center on Comic Con. Right? From,
1: that, c- c- from booth to booth, that has to be what? Like eight feet at most? But, but that's the thing. Surely they're going
3: to distance the booths as oh, well well yeah i guess so yeah so they'll seen. probably That's do the- less uh less you know booths and exhibits and guests and they'll this. have to
2: do so many less though like yeah it'll be insane yeah, i kind of but- want to go just to see it like i remember when we were when we were talking about san diego like why would anyone go to this it's just like morbid curiosity honestly like being able to remember like 10 years from now be like oh remember when we were there the year when there was like fucking nobody here and it was super weird Remember
0: when we skipped Thanksgiving dinner to go to San Diego (laughs) Comic-Con and catch COVID? That was smart. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, this could actually have unintended consequences for creators because, Mm. you know, creators often double up to save money on tables because tabling at New York Comic-Con is very expensive. Mm. And some of the creators who we love do that. So I wonder how they'll be able to afford their tables now that they may potentially have to only do one person a table. If – The the intent is to be six feet apart, even for the creators. That's not achievable.
4: It's also
2: also tough because, you know, we pointed out earlier, usually these are spread out. Like, I can imagine that that would be a really tough financial thing, too, to be like, I'm going to fly all around the country in the span of three months. You know, like, I mean, it's four months, I guess. But, like, Emerald and C2E2 are, like, eight or five days apart. Like, that's awful. You're going to go to fucking (laughs) so i don't know right like so you went to new york and then you've got about a month off and then you're at emerald which is in fucking seattle and then you gotta fly to chicago five days later like are you flying home between those two events like i don't know that just seems like a lot but again that's that's what i'm saying
3: like you know each convention will probably attract artists who are
1: more in that area closer you know
3: because i can't imagine
2: those people will be able to do that and they probably know that and i mean then it also raises the question of like how much does it cost to go and because it's probably going to be the same amount as it normally is that's a reasonable thing Mm. um but like it's gonna have half the stuff and half the people and you probably can't get into the panels and i don't know dude it, like, does it even become financially feasible for
1: Repop to do it at, at that point? You know, like, yeah, if, if a lot of it is getting the, the, the booths to sign up, getting the uh, people enough passes to actually go, it, it becomes, I don't know, this budgetary concern there, because you must be spending a lot to do that, especially considering the costs for keeping everything sanitary, and we're having reduced capacity and less people are coming overall. Marco, you're the shrewdest businessman of all of us. You know how this works. If you
0: can't have the people, you raise the prices. Yep. They have to meet their demands, regardless, and they will um, front load that onto the consumer as ever. You um, or the panelists uh, and the guests who do pay for their tables. So um, that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing works. Creators are not strangers to having, you know, several cons back to back, Um, that's pretty normal for them traveling to different states each and every weekend. I don't think that's as big of a concern as the fact that, you know, tabling is going to be different. It's going to look different. It's going to have different financial realities. And for them, they have to figure out, you know, if there are less people and I'm fighting for air here, you know, can I make this work? But no one knows because yeah, we don't but, have anything to go off of. Um, and there will be no precedent before these. So it's really going to be like for, you know, let's say Dan Doherty or Kalen Smith or Victor Dandridge or whoever, it's going to be, you know, the price of getting there didn't change for me, uh, but I got to make a certain amount of money to make it worth my while. Can I still make that in these, man. in these uh, times?
2: You, also have to a- be the question. you have to ask too, like, are there going to be people who want to go that can't get a table because there's not enough tables? Yes. You know, yeah, um, like, absolutely. are we, like, like, are we going to even be able to get passes? Like we get passes through read pop. Usually like if they're reducing numbers, are we on that line? Like, are we too small to get passes this year? You know, like whatever I wonder. Well, all that
0: will reveal itself in time. We will keep you guys posted as to our, uh, comic-con realities, as we go forward and if you guys intend on going to new york comic-con and you get a ticket it'd be really cool to see you we've done it before so uh you know we'll we'll, we'll continue that conversation throughout
2: come song, elbow sure. bump us or whatever <laughs> not me don't touch me you won't be there you'll be
3: there virtually i'll You're damn right don't don't touch me
0: I'll i put won't be a, there uh i'll put a um an iPad on Marco's head. I'll attach it to his head. And
2: it'll just be
3: you. So you'll now, be there. Okay, now we're talking. Can we, I want to strap it ideal. to
2: the back of his head so that like Marco has to turn around every time we want to talk to <laughs> Kale. I like that. That is ideal. I like it a lot. Uh, so
0: let's, let's jump ahead and talk about another celebrity diving headfirst into comic books. So the Mother of Dragons Ooh. from Game of Thrones, My mom? Amelia Clark, is putting oh. out a comic book called Mother of Madness, which is going to be a three-issue series coming from Image starting in July. Uh, but it won't be Amelia alone. She will be co-writing this with Marguerite Bennett, um, and the artist will be Lila Lees, L- something like that.
4: Probably Lees, yeah. Um,
0: if the Mother of Madness name sounds familiar to you at all, uh, or at least the, you know, the acronym M O M, right, um, or the abbreviation rather, uh, if that sounds familiar to you, you're probably thinking about Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. Which, if you watch WandaVision, you pretty much know that that's going to involve her search for her kids. M O M, right? Um so that little aping aside we did get some some interior artwork from the book um and it looks pretty good the book is about a mother who has deadpool like powers we could expect deadpool like zaniness uh it's it's described by image as in MOM, Mother of Madness, the mayhem begins with Maya, under the weather scientist by day, over the top superhero by night, and badass single mom 24 7. Deadpool action collides with flea, bla- flea bag comedy when Maya activates her freakish superpowers to take on a secret sect of human traffickers. Each installment of the series will be an extra length issue filled to the brim with comedy
3: and chaos. Just sounds like a Deadpool comic to me. No, thank you.
2: Yeah, all those. Remember all those stories about Deadpool being a parent? Totally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, um, go ahead. No, go ahead, Marco. I would just say the the art looks looks solid. Um, yeah, I'm I'm down to to see what they have to put out. Um, I think for me, it's it's not Amelia by herself. I I feel like, you know, there there somebody's going to be there sort of watching the story and ensuring that the the beats get hit and we get hopefully like those emotional connections and we can grip ourselves in the story. Um so I I don't I I feel like there was like some conversation about, you know, a first time writer and should we read it is that going to be detrimental to the book or whatever, but with Bennett on it, I think she can at, at the very least manage a lot of that and yeah. um I've not read her work, but I hear people enjoy it. So yeah, I'm I'm down to give this a shot. So I showed the
0: the artwork to my girlfriend because she, you know, she was curious at the idea that Amelia Clark was going to be writing a comic book. And, mm-hmm. you know, she asked me if there was art, and I said, Yeah, and I showed her. Without any provocation whatsoever, the first thing she said was. Uh, I showed her. I showed her the second page, and the first thing she said was, "Wow, there's a lot going on there." And I said, "What do you mean?" And she said, "There are a lot of words on that page, and that is the telltale sign of a writer who is not familiar with comic books, because boy, there's a lot going on on some of these pages." And uh, you know, I'm intrigued, but this again gives me we're doing this to try to see if 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 there's interest in this as a movie
4: vibes
2: oh yeah yeah i mean i think i think that's clearly what this is right like um and you know how you feel about that is going to vary from person to person but i feel like you know with amelia clark attached and the character kind of looks like her you know yeah it's it's berserker all over again of course right like this is image hoping that they can i think probably replicate that success um, cash in on her star power. She gets a credit. There's some interest in the IP. Maybe it gets signed. She has uh, a new leading role that she can throw herself into.
1: Sure.
0: Yeah, I um I don't know if this works as well as the Keanu Reeves thing. Um, I think I don't know if she has the same level of cachet that he does.
2: That's probably true. It's unfortunate that this is happening now. I think if it had happened like at season seven of Game of Thrones, uh mm-hmm. it would be we'd be having a different conversation. Um but yeah, I mean I think now and through no fault of her own, um I think she is she needs to kind of mount a comeback, you know, because her breakout role, the thing that put her on the map, like ended poorly and obviously, you know, Game of Thrones as a thing, um, went from being like one of the defining pieces of pop culture of the last like 10 years to a thing that nobody wants to talk about anymore. Um so she needs something like this. Um but I definitely agree with you that like it's not the same one to one that it would be for Keanu, but it also probably doesn't need to be. It probably doesn't need to be that successful for it to do what you know, uh, she probably wants it to do for her career, you know? Yeah.
0: Yep. I am I am agreed with that. Um, I think this is cool. I hope it brings people into comic shops as ever. That's always my stance. Yeah. Um, the fact that it's coming from image is good. I like that, giving image you know a nice little bump potentially. Um, and three issues is short and sweet. You can get in, you know, a couple of uh, well, three times to your comic store or wait for the trade, however, you want to get it, and you'll be done. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll buy it.
2: Yeah, I'll give it a shot. You know.
4: Yeah.
2: I uh yeah. at the very least I hope it I hope it does something for her. I think she's a good actress and I'd love to see her uh be able to uh overcome being typecast as as Daenerys. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And then like the Star Wars thing, the Han Solo film didn't really pan out uh And it sucks cuz she
4: was
2: good in that too. Like <laughs>
4: mm. Yeah, but she's Terminator. talented.
0: Terminator was a bomb yeah uh, damn and yeah that annihilated
2: that franchise it, terminated her <laughs> that was pretty good um i know that there's also that rumor that she might be in secret invasion so maybe this is part of a broader you know getting rumor out there kind or of? Uh,
1: an
3: announcement it was a rumor
2: oh yeah
0: yeah these days these rumors are generally like announcements but uh yeah still technically not not i don't think fully uh fully announced but in any event what is announced is that there is a new challenger in the comic book distribution market let's go uh comic distro is joining the fray as a distributor but also a printer which is pretty interesting so obviously over the last year we've talked a lot about how things have been broken up in the industry uh dc comics went and and you know created their own uh distributors um marvel now is working with penguin random house and then lots of smaller publishers have branched out and made their own deals with different people to uh, get their books in stores and so now comic distro is going to be uh jumping in as 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 one of those options they're going to be coming from uh san jose california and austin oswick i think who is the founder of comic distro said we aim to democratize the business of comic book distribution to be more accessible and practical for comic book publishers and retailers sounds nice right but um what they're also doing is they're going to be printing on demand uh so they have the ability to print through a, a, a partner of theirs, Robin Robinson Anderson. Uh so they can print your books and ship them to stores with no middleman, essentially. Mm. Um that's that's pretty nice. That's a nice yeah, deal. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um especially for smaller publishers. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They have a website, comicdistro.com, that uh, by all accounts is easy to use and pretty you know, uh, intuitive, and it allows a publisher to be able to see in real time their books being ordered and purchased. Uh, it allows for stores to be able to reorder very easily, um, and they're, they're able to, I uh, believe, That the publishers don't have to pay any... Yeah, they don't have to pay anything for printing or shipping. So taking that cost away from publishers is pretty huge.
2: yeah That's insane. Yeah, that's huge. Well, and the other thing that I, I was reading that I thought was interesting was how the... Cause it, it's it sounds like the website is like it's it's like a it's just a B two B website it's just for businesses not like consumers so like Sean was saying like the shop owners you can just go browse and they have like all these like really nice like organized sections of like here's our featured comics here's our most popular comics here's new releases here's upcoming releases that you can schedule yep. and I mean it's like it's a little basic right now like it looks like a kind of basic design but. I mean, it looks like it would be pretty straightforward to be able to just go through and identify new books that you might want to check out or get in your shop, which is, you know, we talked a lot about how Diamond's system sucks, you know? And that was one of the big things of, like, you know, why it was interesting to see Penguin like being more aggressive at entering the space because, like, they obviously have the infrastructure to build a better system, have a better online portal, all that shit. But, like, it seems like Comic Distro is, you know, making that play already, which is cool
0: yeah um i think at this point the way that the industry has broken up you know more options is probably better and there's actual competition in the space so so be it sounds great um and this is the this is what now has to happen if you're going to come into comics and you're going to be a distributor or you're going to have any involvement from the business level at the top in terms of making comics get to stores you have to do something uh special you have to do something that is going to make people choose you over the various various different options that there are and it appears that comic distro is doing that so um that's a positive thing in my opinion
2: i feel like this will be this could be huge for indie comics and like not even like indie like you know like your booms or images or like i'm talking about like real like you're doing your small own book press. by your fucking self or like a really small press that's like a you know um like that group that uh i think it was sabella was a part of where it was like a collective of like 10 comic creators or whatever like some of those okay. kinds of small print presses could you know this could be huge for them because obviously like you're gonna be less of a of a slave to numbers and stuff like that, and like needing to hit those minimums, but also that you're getting the printing and shipping included that's a huge part of the cost like I could see this being huge for Kickstarter comics, you know, oh mm. yeah, for sure, and I think
1: it, it to to their own statement on like democratizing the the comic distribution, if it helps um like you said, Pete, those small pubs, then I mean that just means more comics in the door uh so. Mm-hmm. That's never an issue i I, I wonder though what um, what the thresholds are because I'm, I'm assuming there has to be some amount that they're not charging you know ten dollars or first issue or something Sure because if you're scrolling through, I have seen that you know a lot of them are starting at five dollars some single issues go for like 10 so I, I wonder you know if, if uh, this is because it's already niche comics, if there's an expectation that they're going to be a little more costly.
2: Which might be true, you know.
0: Maybe. Uh, you're you're circumventing some of that cost maybe by the fact that you don't have to pay uh, for shipping or printing. So it remains to be seen. Or that
2: somebody's not taking a cut. Right.
0: Sure. Yeah, it, rem- it remains to be seen how that's all going to shake out.
2: Um, but, but yeah, like, I think... Go ahead. I was, uh, Marco always likes to talk about Webtoons and stuff. Like, I could see, like, those kinds of creators using this to like yeah. bundle their work and sell it, you know. They actually one of these
1: right here, Platinum Soldier Issue One. It's a Kickstarter book right now, so yeah. There you they, go. And it looks like the, a perfect place to be able to distribute it,
2: um, so that way you're not doing everything by hand, you know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And you can like get in shops alongside you know the big the big guys and not need somebody to do that on your behalf.
0: Yeah. Um, I I I'm very excited to see where this all goes. Um, and and whether or not stores and
2: publishers alike use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that'll be the thing, right? What's the adoption rate like? Okay, but um, very promising. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the new in the industry, DC has
0: launched a new horror imprint. Why? Which is called DC
2: Horror. They already have a horror imprint. <laughs> Wait, what? Is hey, that, that's what not is it. it.
0: Isn't Hill House horror imprint? It's, I mean, yeah, but it's Hill's house.
2: Fair. Hill Hills. Whose house? Hill's yeah. house.
0: <laughs> um, They've had horror imprints. You know, they've had, um, well, I guess, you know, Vertigo wasn't necessarily a horror imprint, but, you know. Had lots of horror books. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anthologies and stuff. Exactly.
0: Um, and the first book to come out of their uh, horror imprint is a book based on The Conjuring. So uh, the book is called The Conjuring, The Lover, which is going to okay. be a yeah a prelude to the film uh, The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, so it's a five-issue series that's going to be co-written by the writers of The Conjuring 2 and The Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It, uh, David Leslie, Johnson, McGoldrick, and Rex Ogle. Uh, the comic's going to be drawn by Gary Brown with a uh, cover by Bill Sinkevitz. Um, okay. So lots of people who don't, not, not uh, uh, Sinkevitz notwithstanding, lots of people who don't necessarily make comics, making a comic, um, and it's going to have some, it's going to have some backups with Scott Snyder, um, Dennis Cohen, uh, Juan Ferreira. Um, so some names attached to, we know, but most of those names are not names that we know. And this very much feels like, you know, Hey, uh, let's put out a, a, a tie in book, but let's, you know, let's make it seem like not a cash grab, right? Like, let's make a new imprint around it. Let's do something that seems like it's, it's, it's going to affect how we publish comics, but let's just publish The Conjuring.
3: Yeah, uh, and that's fair. The one thing I would say is uh, The Conjuring is really good. Uh, and also, I, I happen to, I follow a, um, I get a newsletter from a, a, a script writing website every month or so or whatever and they um they did a uh, a breakdown of how to do jump scares in in horror and the conjuring was the one they used
4: mm-hmm.
3: and the way uh, this this will be very badly paraphrased but the way they did it was like they guide you through the jump scare to like all the way down to like scene by scene where like you start with the kids playing a very specific game Mm
4: -hmm.
3: with the mom and then the mom goes off and like does something else. But the, the thing is also it starts playing the game. You start seeing like the little signs of the game, you know, they're playing hide and seek or something. And there are claps in the background to find where the person is. And so the mom goes off into the kitchen or whatever, and she hears a clap. Well, the kids are upstairs in their bedroom. What's up with that? And so she starts hearing it as she goes into the basement, mm. and it gets louder and louder. And boom, there's the jump scare. And then, like, it's, I don't know, uh, really, really great, interesting stuff. And if they can pace it the way they plot it out, you know, the conjuring, I mean, you know, that, that could be really good.
0: Yeah. And that's all fine. I don't even, I don't even think that um, this is a critique, at least what I said is a critique of the conjuring. I've, I don't, I've never seen it. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. You know, by all accounts, it's good stuff, but uh, you know, I guess for me, do you need to create an imprint to do this? Like, couldn't you just. Yeah. agree Put it that out. That part
3: I agree with for sure.
0: Um. If they're committed to doing this and it's not just movie tie-ins, I guess. Yeah. But I just, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like they need a horror imprint when they could
1: just have, I don't
4: know. Could just be like
1: a crossover thing? Like it doesn't right. have to be this. I wonder if they're gonna, yeah, if they're even going to do anything more with this imprint. Because, yeah.
3: Why not just make it a DC book? Like, I get that the DC line is, you know, superhero branding or whatever, but it could also not be necessarily.
2: I think that's why, though, like, they've made such an effort in the last couple of years to, like, segment everything in neat little boxes. Like, DC is, like, the main line of books, you know? Um, So, like, I don't know. Like, I guess I get it. The only thing I could think of with the DC horror side of things is, you know, I remember when uh, two weeks ago, maybe, when we reviewed um, Silver Coin which is that mm. horror anthology over at Image. Um, you know, Sean, Cale, and I, we all liked it, and one of the things we talked about was how um, horror, horror as a genre and, and horror anthologies specifically seem to be kind of like increasingly back in vogue in comics. Mm. Like, you're seeing a lot more projects like that. So I'm wondering if maybe this is their attempt to try to get ahead of that trend and court more you know, non-comics writers, more horror writers, more novelists and whoever that might be interested in doing a comic with them and, you know, aren't aware that they should be making more in comics and X, Y, and Z, right? I don't know. But, um, I, th- I think too, just
3: back to the conjuring for a second, I think the next conjuring film has been pushed back again. Hmm. So this could be them going, okay, well, can we tell a
2: story in a comic book or something? Yeah. Who owns The Conjuring? Is that a Warner Brothers property? I think. It's funny so, you say yeah. that
0: because I was just thinking that New Line Cinema, uh, I think, is a a, a Warner Brothers um,
3: subsidiary. Yeah, or yeah, Warner Brothers whatever, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's a parent mm-hmm. company. It definitely.
1: And is. apparently uh, directed by James Wan.
2: Yes, I did not realize that. Yes, we also you know we just talked about them working with. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So,
2: yeah, I wonder if this is like part of a larger like synergy thing then, you yeah. know, like maybe like they plan on doing comic adaptations of like other horror brands that they own or are developing or or whatever.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, Marie Javins, who is the editor in chief of DC, said from early titles like House of Mystery and House of Secrets, the current series featuring Swamp Thing and John Constantine Hellblazer, DC has always been the home of great horror comics and characters. DC horror continues this tradition with new frightening tales from both well-known and new storytellers that will keep fans spooked and entertained. That basically gives us no idea what to expect. <laughs> no information. From, thank you. from the <laughs> future of, Yeah, um, but OK, DC, you know, like I'm willing to definitely give them the benefit of the doubt with this imprint, um, as long as the next thing they announce is some hot book by you know james tinian that doesn't cost six dollars or you know something like that
2: man i just i have such a hard time imagining why someone would do that though you know like i i it comes back to like the vertigo thing right we talked about like in the death of vertigo of like why vertigo probably went away right obviously part of a broader restructuring restructuring and everything but like there used to be less avenues for releasing creator-owned, but, like, you know, original stories in comics. And, like, I don't know. Like, if you have an original horror comic to tell and and you're somebody like a James Tinian, like, what's the reason to do it at DC, especially now that the salaries are, like, going down? Like, if they were going to pay you a shitload of money and then they own the IP and, like, that's the trade-off, fine. But, like, why would you work somewhere where you're getting... A smaller con like pay rate for the contract than you probably could get it like a Marvel or whatever. And if it's an in- if it's an original story, you could go to an Image or a Boom or whoever and like keep the rights.
1: Uh, speaking of Tinian, didn't he get his own like imprint to do his own horror stuff? Like, why not release it under that? You already have that set up for that same vein of storytelling.
0: I mean, I just threw his name out there. Like,
1: I don't. Know. No, no, no. Um, but um, but I remember we covered like he was getting. Yeah, his you're own, right. Sorry. Yeah. So, like, why not just do it under? So this that? is their third horror imprint, then, <laughs> right? It's not well, a no. no. It's
0: not a. It's not a DC thing. It's his own. Yeah. It's his own thing that he's doing. It's what he. It's
3: what he publishes. Uh, razor blades. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Got it.
0: Um. But. But I. I mean, the point you're making, both of you, is 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 a strong one, in my opinion, in that there are other places to go for this, and so. Um. I just don't see people flocking to come to D.C. to tell their horror stories. I mean, um, if, if it's not going to be Swamp Thing or John Constantine or a character that already exists, I don't see a reason to do it. Um, the industry has grown and changed to where, like, I don't know that a vertigo is necessary anymore from mm-hmm. D.C. comics because the image exists and boom and whoever else. But um, D.C. throwing their hat into the ring in any event. Go ahead, Gil.
3: Well, and, and they've burned that Vertigo Bridge now, so.
0: I'm sure there were a lot of creators who looked at that as like, okay, well, you just don't care about this type of thing. Mm-hmm, so, yep. you know, we'll go elsewhere. But moving on from DC and jumping into the Marvel side of things, uh, Marvel has announced a new event called Sinister War. And so Sinister War is basically a spinoff of the amazing Spider-Man story that Nick Spencer has been telling for a while, um, that just involves kind of a battle between two camps of the Sinister Six. So Dr. Octopus has his Sinister Six, Vulture has the Savage Six, and they're going to run amok in New York City, um, you know, doing battle, right? And that's cool. It's going to start on uh, in July. July 14th is when you can expect that. The most interesting part of this announcement is who's going to
2: draw it. And uh, guess, Kale. Guess John, John Romita, Jr. Nope. Good guess, though. guess. I set you up for that one, you fool. Uh, well, Mark Bagley is
0: going to do is going to do the art. Uh, and I well, think that's that's pretty yeah, awesome. I probably should have guessed that. Yeah,
3: right. <laughs> I am awful. Um, that's on me. Because <laughs> you know what? I read that announcement earlier, and I went, "Oh yeah, of course."
4: <laughs>
0: maybe, maybe more interesting than even that is the fact that covers, or at least one cover, is by Brian Hitch. Nice. If that doesn't strike you, Brian Hitch was. Exclusive to DC.
4: Uh, Oh,
1: interesting.
2: Wonder what happened there. Mm -hmm.
1: He's
2: like contract ran out. That's it. Oh, cool! You'll pay me twice as much money to draw Spider-Man covers. Great. Yeah, that's a so um,
0: (laughs) you know another another exclusive contract that DC bites the dust, freeing him up to do what he wants where he wants to do it. Um, You know, I, I I I don't know. How I, to me, when I hear the name Brian Hitch, I think of him as a superstar. I don't know if his name rings out in comics the way it used to. Um, I don't know if the exclusive contract was benefiting DC the way it did, the way it does for like a Bendis or someone like that. Um, But still, you know, a name that rings out that's attached to some tremendous books historically um, who can still, you know, draw his tail off and can write as well. I feel like that is a loss.
2: I mean, I think the fact that you see people at that level leaving the company for whatever reason, like it says something.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm excited actually. Believe it or not, for this event, I dropped Amazing Spider Man. A, a, a little while back, because uh, I just wasn't that compelled by the story Nick Spencer was telling. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was certainly fine, but it felt uh, kind of uh, felt kind of sanitary. It didn't it didn't have an edge. There was no edge, and not that not that I'm not edgy, but there was no like nothing that was like oh wow. I this is like be the X factor for it. Yeah,
2: it's just like yeah, it's more Spider Man. I've read fucking thousands of Spider Man comics right um but
0: you know seeing the sinister six go to war sinister 12 whatever uh with
2: (laughs) spider-man in the middle all right bye savage six is the other one yeah that's i think it's kind of funny that that team is led by vulture like if you if you had to like say like oh when you think like savage spider-man villains like who comes to mind like vulture (laughs) is not breaking that top 10 for me (laughs) this old old fucking man the animal, so when, when,
3: the more animalistic ones, I guess. Rhino, yeah, team. like yeah, Rhino, Rhino
2: Carnage, like you know, Craven. Even like, there's so many characters I would describe as savage. Well, before we got to
4: Vulture.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure who's on whose team necessarily. I suppose the cover's supposed to give us a clue to that, um but maybe not. I have no clue. Like, whose side is Craven on? He's in the middle. I don't know. Um,
2: but, uh, is yeah. he grabbing one of, no, okay, those are his knives. I was like, is he grabbing Doc Ock's arm? Is that a clue? <laughs> oh, yeah, Doc Ock's back. What a bummer. Doc Ock is back. Classic, okay. awful haircut. Love it. Yeah.
4: Um, <laughs> Who's this yeah, motherfucker in the bad.
2: back with the spider on his chest? Couldn't tell you. Do not recognize him.
4: Yeah,
0: no idea. Um, I guess you might know if you were re- if we were reading the the uh, current Spider-Man story. It might be Tarantula. That's the only person I can think of. Okay. Um, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, July for this book, Sinister War, if you're into it, I'm definitely going to pick it up because, again, I haven't been reading Spider-Man. Um, so I would like to see what Nick Spencer has been doing. I want to check back in, and this is a great place to do that. Also, just really like Mark Bagley's Spider-Man yeah i mean th- that's classic like i look at that and i immediately think about and I, maybe i'm completely wrong right now but like i think about ultimate spider
4: oh yeah
3: mm-hmm. yeah no you're oh, right yeah. well and even that like bailey was doing spider-man stuff almost exclusively well before that
2: right so
3: yeah, yeah i mean you're absolutely right to think that yeah he's one of my favorites for sure <clears throat> uh the guy with the in the back with the spider is that's the tarantula yeah
0: okay yeah. there we go very good uh so let's talk about a trailer we got a trailer for shang chi which we referenced at the top marvel has had shang chi in the vault for some time now but uh given that the mcu was progressing and things seem to be kind of lightening up with covid and movie theaters are back open they're they're trying to get back on track, and mm. so uh, we do now have a trailer for Shang Chi that I'm going to actually uh, share with our YouTube viewers. If you're on YouTube, you'll be able to watch along with us. If you're not, you can listen to us talk about it, and uh, hopefully that's interesting for you. Here we go. So again, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, nice. uh, starring Simu Liu as Shang Chi and Aquafina as uh one of his friends has he
2: been in this actor has he been in something else that was like big he
3: just uh the the show just ended it wasn't superstore but it was something along that same line okay
2: I, he looks I familiar to me for some reason
3: yeah he 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 was on one of those like prime time like comedy shows okay
1: yeah. kim's convenience that's what it
3: was yes. okay
2: yeah that i that i haven't seen I that but I, I know it's like an award-winning canadian show or something mm-hmm. um what's what's cool about this is he said uh, i guess he said marvel
3: i want to play shang chi and then the trailer came out on his birthday oh yeah.
2: really yep. yep that's fucking awesome for him that's so cool i love that um yes. i really like this trailer Yep. Yeah, I'm very hyped
3: for this. And I can't believe I'm
2: saying that about a Marvel movie. And like not to say. Yeah, sure. I mean, not to say that I like wasn't interested in it or wasn't excited, but like actually getting to see it makes it feel a lot less like nebulous. You know, like you get an idea of what it could feel like. And I don't know this feels like um, for a lot of reasons, this feels like a a fresh flavor in the MCU. And I like that. Like the fact that, that it takes crazy. place in California is like really yeah. different, you know?
3: Well, it feels to me it feels like the early days of the MCU when they were trying out different genres. Very specifically, mm-hmm. you know, this feels very kung fu movie. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: It, totally. Um, <laughs> it, like specifically, that uh, that was the exciting part for me is that this felt very much like when you saw the the forest scene plus some yeah. of the other like action battles. It's all like wire foo stuff. Um, a lot of Hong Kong cinema kind of inspired yeah. that yeah. that makes it for, for me really appealing because uh, that's not a character that, that i know but just based off of the the inspiration alone it makes it really interesting
0: so in the movie uh shang chi's father is the mandarin oh. which of course... wait what yeah oh yeah.
2: fuck i didn't oh. that's
0: awesome okay mm-hmm. okay and uh, you'll see here in a moment when they show that the ten rings are not—they're oh. not like bling on your fingers. Yeah, they're actually like wristbands. Yeah, 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 like wristlets. You can see them right there. They're, yeah. they're these wristlets. Um,
2: but the I ten rings f- are—that's his thing, right? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's Mandarin's big thing.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but typically, they are rings he wears on his fingers that each have like different. Powers basically, mm-hmm. like you know, control over the elements, things of that nature. It doesn't seem like they're going down that road here. I actually read an interview uh, recently by John Favreau from many years ago where he talked about the fact that they would not be able to do the Mandarin the, the way he is in the comics because of how insane his powers are and it just wouldn't work in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly, whoever uh, the, the creative team behind this movie took some inspiration from what he said and. They're going in a different direction. Personally, guys, I gotta say I'm really not that intrigued by this trailer. Um, it didn't really do anything for me. The Shang chis not a character that I that I really care about, um, and this trailer didn't make me care.
3: I don't care about this for Shang Chi or the Marvel side of it, but I'm excited to see a cool. Kung Fu
2: movie, yeah, like a big budget Kung Fu movie. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, I don't. He's a character that I just don't. I don't have any relationship to. You know, like I think he he's probably shown up in like two things I've ever read. Um, so you know, it's all gonna be fresh to me. Um, but that's kind of what is exciting to me about Phase Four is like we're getting into like more obscure characters and things that like I'm just really not that familiar with, even even as someone who's been reading Marvel comics for a long time. Um. Yeah. So, like, getting into fresh ground there is like cool because I don't care about him now, but I'm pretty confident they'll make me care. Um, and I think it's the MCU way, exactly, right, exactly. I didn't give a fuck about the Guardians of the Galaxy until I did, right? Like, whatever. Um, and I think this will probably hit those same notes, but but yeah, like for me, it's very much more the kung fu element of it, like. Uh, watching the, like, this specifically, this fight scene on the train, when I watched that the first time, I popped. When he does the fucking punch, and then he does the jump and kicks them both in the face, I was like, that's fucking awesome. Like, if that's the level of, like, fight choreography that we're gonna get, like, that seems really fun. You know? Because, like, a lot of the MCU characters are just bruisers, or, like, have powers that are, like, CG as fuck. You know? So, like, getting a character who is more, like, Sure, he's got powers and everything, but like he his does? main deal is that he just whoops ass is really I cool. I don't think he does.
3: Yeah, he does I mean the
2: know. the rings he it looks like he was putting on, right? Or was that not I him wearing those? I think that was somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right.
0: Although I, it, I will say the, the he's gotta get at least one by yeah. the time the movie Probably. Ends. otherwise. That'll, yeah.
2: yeah. But yeah, he doesn't have powers. I thought he could um I thought he had chi powers. Like uh that's, like what, that's Iron Fist.
3: I thought he did the Shang, same thing. He doesn't. Shang Shang Chi, his whole thing is he's the master of kung fu.
2: Oh, okay. I thought I thought he also had like the ability to tap into that or whatever. I think. It, I mean, I you know,
3: I think. Yeah, it depends on how they use it. I would say, but I think it's you know. Oh boy, uh, yeah, the the martial artist way of like you know focus your chi. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's what I was. That's what I thought. Right, but not in the iron fist way. Okay. I got if you. If that makes sense. Yeah. Not as like uh he's gonna make his fists fucking strong yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I feel like I remember him like shooting a fireball in something or something. So I thought he could like do kung fu magic or whatever, but yeah, whatever. I don't think so. But it's
0: possible, I guess, but my understanding of Shang-Chi has always been that he doesn't have powers and nothing yeah. in this trailer led me to believe that he does. Yeah um so we'll see. And like I said, I think he's gotta get you know, access to the 10 rings because they're most likely going to make him an Avenger. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I don't want like any black widows or Hawkeyes on the next team. So, yeah. you know,
4: <laughs> yep. he's only heavy hitters.
2: <laughs> Could you rewind yeah. to the part where he's on the the bus again, fighting the dude with the sword? Uh,
0: hopefully I did. We'll see right now. I, I think guess. You did.
2: I think it's right after this. Yeah. Can never remember.
0: Yeah. Lots Cause cool in this stuff, scene,
2: like I feel like he has the, no, you're right. That's the other guy. Yeah, who had the rings on his arm? I guess that's his yeah. dad. Um, yeah, all right. The yeah, I mean, to your thing about
3: him throwing a fireball or whatever, Shang Chi was like one of the most, or the the Masters of Kung Fu comic line uh, was one of like the most successful Marvel comics in the seventies. Oh, really? Um, and that included, you know, characters like Iron Fist and and uh, somebody else column wing and stuff probably. Yes, right? yes, exactly. Um and so I mean there there is a a long deep forgotten history for those characters that has, you know, not been touched for 40 years.
2: Yeah. Time to bring um, it to the forefront, baby. Yeah, let's go. I'm
0: I'm open to enjoy, i mean obviously I'm open to enjoying anything, but uh, you know, right now I'm not too hyped. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see, though. I mean, Marvel Marvel hasn't disappointed me in a long time. So, uh, well, okay, Wandavision, right? But, nice. <laughs> um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll give it a shot the same way I would anything else. And the Mandarin part is the most interesting to me because I really was burned mm-hmm. by the, the the Iron Man three fake out. So hopefully they can at least do the character justice here, although they will be changing him because of course the general consensus is that the Mandarin from the comics is just like a straight up racist character. Right. Um, so yeah, he will be different. Uh, I'm really excited for this one. Really am. Be cool. Looks
1: cool.
4: Yeah,
0: good. Uh, so something that I am excited about is the announcement in the wake of Falcon and winter soldier ending. We got the announcement that captain America four is in development. Um, and I guess, I guess maybe the, the word announcement is a little bit too heavy um, because it's not Marvel saying this, but deadline and Hollywood reporter who are, you know, the heaviest of heavy hitters are saying that, you know, this, this is in development. This announcement was made by them on uh, Friday, the same day that the show ended. And, um, now, I want to warn you that from from this point and, in, and into our main topic, there will be possibly spoilers, likely spoilers for Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, the degree to the heaviness of them, I can't say because our conversation will go where it goes. So if you haven't seen that yet, you might want to uh, jump off, go listen to our Garth Ennis interview um, and come back when you've watched it. But uh, other than that, I'm going to push forward now. So, again, last chance. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier ends with you know Sam Wilson becoming Captain America. That is his his new role. And according to these reports, the movie is going to be focused on him as Captain America. That's so hype. Absolutely. Love that. Uh, Makes sense. I I'm over the moon excited about the prospect of that. I have said from the beginning that if this show did not end with him having adopted the, the role of captain america and lead into a movie then it was all for nothing um it would be really terrible if there was just another season of the show but it was called captain america and bucky or something like that and there was yeah. no movie um, because then that says no matter what title he has sam wilson is secondary he's he cannot be a main player right so they're elevating him to the to the main stage with this and they're bringing back uh, Malcolm Spellman, who is the showrunner and one of the you know writers, of course, of the show to write the movie. So that's I mean, that's that's tremendous news. Um, are, are, how how into this are you guys?
2: Oh, extremely. Um, we, we talked all about this um, briefly at the end of our, our Falcon Winter Soldier Book Club, which you can check out tomorrow. I'm sorry, not Falcon Winter Soldier Book Club, our Falcon Book Club uh about uh sam wilson captain america the the nick spencer run um and we kind of talked about how uh we wanted to see that development in the mcu and that was where we we wanted to see it go because obviously comics being comics right there's only so many stories as sam as cap whereas in the mcu right like he could be Cap for five ten years like who's to say right that that could be really exciting um so I I'm, I'm super into that. I think obviously you know there's there's precedent for it um in the comics and things to pull from there that you know uh, we talked all about in that book club so go check it out. Um I'd be interested to see that storyline play out, but I'd also be interested to see them go in like a totally different direction and just tell new stories with Sam as Cap. Um because I mean I think it, it it's a it's a natural development, you know, and and I think in the MCU and and the MCU being, you know, kind of a more—it has to be more grounded in reality because there are actors and and all the in contracts and all these things that can influence, you know, the way that things play out. Like the idea of them committing to, you know, a trilogy of cat movies about Sam is something that I, I would really love to see. I, I would I would definitely be down for that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think for me, my only concern is what you laid out. Sean, which is that I just want to see them commit to it and not have it be like a oh he gets one movie and it's oh that's the black Captain America movie and okay and then you know it snaps back or whatever he becomes Falcon again whatever like I really want to see them just fucking go like go for it you know like just really commit he is Captain America and let's fucking move forward because I think there's so much you can do there and I'd be here for it. The one of the things that um, I I mentioned in
1: the Review of the finale, and you guys can go check that out, um, Minchan. We we talked a little bit about this as like the news broke, and I think one of the one of the things that I mentioned was it's going to be interesting to sort of see the meta conversation around this because it is going to be a black man playing Captain America, both or both in the context of the MCU, but also like in real life, and what does that sort yeah. of do for the conversation? So I think that's going to be really, really intriguing because at the end of at the end of um, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, we we see that you know similar to the comics, he kind of lays down his politics, and to what extent is that going to have ramifications in in the movie, but also in the way that people receive Anthony Mackie as Captain America, and I think that's going to uh, it's going to be interesting to play out. Um, but I think it's important because, you know, the, he, to what everyone else is saying, he's cap now. That's important. And he needs that film because otherwise he's, yeah, like to what Sean said, he's secondary. Otherwise. Yeah.
0: Um, I, so there is a, there is a rumor that has persisted that Chris Evans is coming back uh and deadline has been consistent in reporting that that's happening um and apparently there's another project in development as well that is based around him hmm. um obviously him as Steve rogers uh that's gonna be our main topic is You know, whether fans will be able to accept the idea that those characters are gone and gone, you know, like in the permanent sense. Um, It's going to be hard to do that if they're not, you know, if they're not gone, then (laughs) they're not gone. Um, As to this specific announcement, though, you know, we'll we'll dive into that shortly. I really love it. I think Anthony Mackey has earned the shield as an actor. He has really brought his A-game to, you know, all the Marvel movies that he's been a part of. I think he has elevated Sam Wilson's character um, in a lot of ways. I, you know, I, 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 I'll be honest, Sam Wilson was not a character I checked for, really. Um, you know, I bought the the Sam Wilson Captain America stuff. By that point, he was already in the MCU. And that's a big part of what drove me to want to read that you know and and the story that Nick Spencer was developing and everything else um you know he's a, he's a household name now in a lot of ways anthony mackey is and and i think sam wilson is uh to to, to a certain degree for sure so yeah. um that's credit to anthony mackey's talents um that's credit to the mcu believing in in this character and in this actor and i think that this step is what is necessary to say boldly this is our captain America mm-hmm. deal with it. Not my cap. Good, good. And, and, and and let's address that too, because <laughs> the show went there. I think the comics went there. I think the movie has to go there. You have to resolve,
4: that. Mm-hmm.
0: but yeah, let's, let's talk about it because the, the fans, you know, the same week that, uh, we got the, the debut of Sam Wilson's sweet Captain America costume. Mm. Uh, Marvel fans put up a billboard
4: demanding
0: uh, asking is more fair that Marvel Studios brings Tony Stark
3: back a billboard in 2021. <laughs> what an effective campaign. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're sitting here talking about it. So, sure, sure.
0: so, yeah. Uh we're gonna dive into that now and 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 answer that question. You know, will fans be able to move on? So first let's talk about this billboard. Um so in LA, uh Marvel fans have put up a billboard and it's it's just it is what it is. It says, uh, for our beloved hero, please bring back Tony Stark. Hashtag bring back Tony Stark or hashtag bring back Tony Stark to life. That's a terrible That's, hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag bring Tony Stark back to life. Right. right? That would be better. Um oh That's my what my mind was trying to say. They're
2: making it was, too easy yeah. for me to dunk on them. We didn't even get through the we didn't even get to it yet. <laughs> um and I
0: I mean, I'm kinda surprised this is real. Um I'm not.
1: But, you know, I
0: just I mean Billboards aren't cheap,
4: right? Like, <laughs> I guess they are yeah. these days. No, I don't know.
1: No, not um, not these kinds. I'll tell you right now. Not this, in LA. Yeah. Not not in LA. This is uh, by Outfront, the a media company, and then it's not digital. Uh, and you only buy them on four-week flights. So you can only buy them for months at a time. Mm. And this is probably like 20K. Wow.
2: How many people wow. do you think backed this? I don't know, right? That's such an interesting question, yeah. It's just yeah. one insanely rich person who's like Tony
3: <laughs> K. I'm I'm surprised that if this was like kickstarted or something, or, or you know to whatever, yeah. uh, crowdfunded, I guess is is the term uh, that uh, we hadn't heard about. Yeah, that.
2: you'd think there would be a paper trail for that. Like I've literally heard no one ever
3: say, "Oh, they should bring back Tony Stark." <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, a lot of people want Tony back. There's, there's no doubt in my mind about that.
4: Well,
3: that's what happens um, when a family member dies. Like, you know, yeah, you want him back, of course, but. <laughs> but the, but the thing is that in this instance, it's
0: possible. Is it going to happen? I don't think so, but it's possible. Yeah. And that's something that makes, you know, these films very, um, very easily manipulated by fans if Marvel gives in. I mean, whether you like it or not, right, the Snyder Cut only exists because fans demanded it so. And so that showcases the power that audiences
2: have. Star Wars Episode Nine only sucks because fans demanded it so. <laughs> you know what? Sure. It's a fact.
0: <laughs> uh, I thought you liked that movie.
2: Um, oh, I enjoyed it. That doesn't mean it's a good
0: movie. <laughs> You were singing a different tune when that came out, buddy. I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> time and space, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sonic, notoriously, his, his god-awful design was changed mm-hmm. due yep. to severe fan feedback. and you That know, one worked out. That one worked out. That movie was... I really enjoyed it. And it, he looked great. But yeah, a, lo- great. a lot of people complained about that fact. A lot There were a lot of people complained about how he looked. Then there were people who complained about the effort it took to change his look. Right. Um, mm. And so it's all over the map. But the fact of the matter is that fans have more power than they've ever had before. Uh, the Internet has changed the game. Social media has changed the game. And now that we've recognized our power, we're not going to let it go. And so the, here you have, as Marco pointed out, fans who are spending $20,000 in the range of $20,000 to get a billboard to suggest that Marvel do something that Marvel might not have plans to do. Um, And you couple that with the announcement or the rumor, the persistent rumor that Steve Rogers will be returning. Um, And my question is, you know, what happens when you put out a Captain America movie and Steve's not there, you know, and it is Sam and Chris Evans isn't around? Will, Will audiences be able to let go of these characters that built and defined the MCU for them? You know, the MCU isn't like if you love Captain America in the comics and he dies, that sucks. But you pretty much know he'll be back and all will be well. Eventually, you'll get the stories you want to get. And there are a wealth of stories about Captain America that you can go back and read. And most people probably haven't read every Cap story there is. So there's a lot of room there. The MCU, as deep as it is, isn't as nearly as deep. And it might never be as comics. And so that argument isn't as effective when you're talking about the movies. Because quite literally, there are more Steve Rogers Captain America stories to be told. Without question. They're just choosing to stop now. You know, there are more Iron Man stories to be told with uh, Tony Stark in the suit. They're choosing to stop now. They found their endgame with those characters. And they said they're done and this is it. Now, Tony, I'm convinced about. Steve, I'm not. I'm not convinced he's done. In fact, I believe these rumors wholeheartedly, and I believe that not only is Steve coming back, I believe he will be in this movie as an old man. Yeah. (laughs) I think, and as much as I want to see that, I, I really do, I think that's the worst possible thing they can do for fans to get over the fact that their favorite characters are gone. I don't think movie audiences are accustomed to this. And i it's yet to be seen how they're going to tolerate it because there really isn't... What example is there of this ever having happened before?
2: Yeah, I think... So I think, I think you're raising a lot of good points. I think when you're talking about Captain America specifically, it's interesting because... The idea that this movie is like technically a Captain America 4, but it is also not, you know, it's like is starting with a fresh character and everything like it's interesting to question how audiences res- will respond to it, because I think about s- how there have been like different eras of like James Bond. There's been different Batman. There's been different Spider-Man and like audiences got over that, but it was also like it was new every time. Right. Yeah but I also wonder if that makes it easier because I think of like me as somebody who is not like, you know, uh, a fan necessarily of any one specific MCU character over another, right? Like it's kind of like I go and see each movie and I either like the movie or I don't, you know, um, I don't really care about Tony or, or Steve coming back. Like that's not really something I want. Um, We've gotten a lot of movies with those characters. And I think what's cool about the MCU, at least as a fan of comics, is that it can move forward and that like things can end and characters can die and not come back. And that their loss impacts other characters, you know, like the entirety of the second Spider-Man movie is like in the shadow of the fact that these characters who were leading the world are gone now. And me as a young person feeling the pressure that I need to live up to that right? Like that's narratively rich. That's moving forward. That's, you know, allowing the world to grow and change and, and, and grow with you as a viewer. And like that to me is way more exciting and way more interesting. Um, that said, you know, this whole billboard thing, speaks to the fact that there are other viewers who like don't want that, you know, in the same way that you know, they d- they don't ever want to see maybe a superhero mantle change hands or whatever right? And like, some people just feel that way and that's not necessarily wrong I guess it's just a matter of like how many of those people exist and are they at least open to moving forward because I think that is an interesting thing about where we're at right now in the timeline of the MCU overall right? Is that between endgame and where we are today is like the largest gap in content that there's been since 2008 and it was also the time that our two you know leading men left so i think right now when you're in that in-between period and the only stuff that you've gotten are the disney plus series which are great but feel smaller than the movies like they're kind of their own beast like I guess I kind of, I guess I get it a little bit more. And I I think like, will people still feel that way a few movies from now, right? Where we have new characters to root for, or we have, you know, a a really great Captain America four that stars Sam Wilson instead of Steve Rogers. Like, I think those are all things that could win over general MCU audiences in the same way that. You know, I remember having the conversation back in the day of like, are people going to care about a Black Panther movie as much as they care about a Captain America movie? Are people going to care as much about an Ant-Man movie or a Guardians of the Galaxy? And they did, right? They just had to be proven that that was something that they wanted. They didn't know they wanted it until they were given it. Um, And I think you could see that same trajectory here. But right now, when that's just an idea, it's easy to be like, I don't want that because you've never gotten it. And you know that you like the other thing.
0: The problem in your example is that those were additive. Those were additions to the MCU. This is a subtraction. Sure. This is saying you can't have this anymore. We're giving you that. Now you get this. This is like when you go to McDonald's and they tell you, yeah, we don't make chicken selects anymore.
4: Oh, <laughs> bro. We got nuggets Which, though.
1: Why would you bring yeah, that up?
0: <laughs> because it hurts me. Okay. <laughs> it's my pain too. I need to commiserate with someone over this loss. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that, uh, good, good points. Um, I, but i think thoughts? what you're
2: saying is is completely true right like this is different this is unprecedented and like people might not react that same way i guess my question is like how many people yeah. you know because that's the real thing if it's like a few pissed off nerds who don't go see captain america 4 and it makes like a billion dollars instead of 1.2 billion dollars like who really gives a shit right that doesn't matter um it's if there's like a large swath of people that just don't want to accept the fact that the MCU is living and breathing and that characters are going to go away and not come back. And like, that's just something we need to accept or don't, you know? Yeah,
1: I, it to the people that don't accept this quite yet, like the people who put up this billboard, I mean... I feel like there are still going to be moments where people are going to say, this isn't my Spider-Man. This isn't my whatever, because of iterations in general. And because this film, the MCU is contained all within the same universe and the same timeline and has the same repercussions that we do in normal time.
4: Yeah.
1: it, it There are just going to be eras where, Oh, I liked, you know, um, I'm, I'm, the fan of the Avengers from the original series. And then the next wave of kids are going to be fans of the new Avengers, because that's when they started growing up with the movies, it'll it'll be like time periods, but it'll be different because this story and these characters will continue to change. And you'll continue Mm -hmm. to get that over, over like over the years. It's like Pokemon. Yeah. I love Gen One and Gen Two, right? But other people—they're all in the same world. They all have the same Pokemon, you know. Oh, they get additive stuff, right? Um, but it, it, depending on when you grew up with it and when you interacted with the piece of medium, uh, that's when—that's that, when you're a fan of something,
2: right? And like, especially when you think about the MCU, that's huge, right? Because like when Iron Man came out, I was in high school. You know, like an like sure, yeah. nearly 30 year old man, like <laughs> the kids that uh, that were at, you know, fucking endgame when I went and saw it, they weren't alive. Some of them when that movie came out, you know, <laughs> um, so to them, like, yeah, like, I, I think that is worth considering that, like, yeah, you, like you might lose some people, but I know plenty of people that don't like phase one or phase two and only got interested in in things in phase three, you yeah. know. So um,
0: I, I I just want to add this because I think that um, I mean, it, it, it could be it could mean a lot of different things. But um, the Falcon Winter Soldier finale episode is one of the only projects the MCU has ever done to get a rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes. Now,
2: of course, specifically that
0: episode. Yeah. Interesting. That doesn't mean that you know the show sucked it doesn't mean people weren't watching it it just means that you know people didn't love the way it resolved and i have seen a lot of negative feedback not just about that episode but about you know um the show in general yeah um and i think that you know i disagree but if that's the case if the narrative about the show ends up being that it was not good then i think that sets up sam wilson's captain america movie pretty badly um especially because the same showrunner and one of the key writers from the show are transitioning over to the movie of course movies get rewritten all the time and the first person who wrote it that by the end it doesn't look anything like what they put together um but still you know for people who don't like the show that's a bad omen and right. If people are predisposed to dislike Sam Wilson's Captain America for reasons of the show being bad. Look, I'm not even going to beat around the bush. The fact is that Anthony Mackie's is black. Shocking, I know. But when you have a character who is other than white, If the character that they're, you know, aping or taking the mantle from was white, there's a predisposition to disliking that character. Mm -hmm. Everything about them that you could dislike is magnified by a certain audience. And you don't even need to be a racist for that to be true. It is what it is. Um, If you love Steve Rogers, you're not inherently going to want to accept Sam Wilson's cap. I did it in the comics. I did not inherently accept him. On our book club episode, which you should listen to, I said that when they first made that decision, I was not about it at all. And I'm not racist. Um, I just wanted Steve. Hmm. So if you feel like that, and this is the first test, it's like, wait, I'm giving up Steve Rogers for this shit? Pass. And then... (sighs) You, you look forward, and it's like there's an Armor Wars TV show coming with Rhodey mm-hmm. in, the, in the starring vehicle, um, and you're like, well, I want Tony Stark. I paid $20,000, or I contributed a portion <laughs> of 20K towards a billboard, and this is the shit I got to sit through? Pass. Uh, obviously, that's not going to be everybody on Earth, but I think that the amount of people who feel that way or who could potentially feel that way is not necessarily tiny.
2: I think that's probably fair to say and and I think um something worth pointing out with Falcon and Winter Soldier too is that like I saw a lot of criticism coming from you know not just people who were like oh like not my like I don't want people who were like critical of its politics who might like the idea of a black captain america but didn't feel like the show handled it well or or what have you. And like, that's another kind of like Nick in the armor, right? Like if there are some people that are going to be predispositioned to be like, I don't want this no matter what, but the people that would like it are like, ah, but not like this. Like, that's not, that's not a great jumping off point, you know? Um, yeah. But I don't know. Like, I also feel like it's so tough with the MCU because I think I know I fall into this, sometimes of like thinking that everybody who watches MCU movies watches them the same way that we do or that like the people that I know do and they've like seen everyone um but a lot of people haven't and don't and don't care to um so that's also relevant right like yeah there might be some people who are like I don't want to watch this or I didn't like that or whatever but like does it need to be that successful you know like not every movie needs to be equally successful right um that's been the case, you know? Uh, and I, I wonder if maybe, like, that's something that we might see, where, like, yeah, like, maybe Cap 4 comes out, and, like, you know, it's softer than Cap 3 was, but then, like, Cap 2 is is stronger again, and, you know, you're building a new trajectory for this new, because it is a new series, basically, with a new character, like, Falcon, you know, I guess I shouldn't say Falcon anymore, Sam, has been in a bunch of movies, but he's never been a leading character until Falcon Winter Soldier. That's a relatively new development. In the same way that I feel like people walked away from WandaVision being like, oh, I want more of this character in a way that people weren't necessarily clamoring for her before. Um, So it's it's tough because there's so many factors at play of like how much of most of the world can you decay from your audience before it's not you know, then it's a problem, right? Because, like, these movies come out and make a billion dollars, some of them. Like, that's insane, you know? Not every movie's going to hit Spider-Man, Black Panther, Avengers level, you know? Um, And I guess it's just a matter of, like, what is the metric for success that it needs to hit to keep going and potentially build a new audience or find a new momentum?
0: I think that's part of the problem is that um you know captain america films have done well right and if a captain america film comes out and it doesn't do well well then there's inevitably going to be an evaluation of that and why and if it comes out and doesn't do well there's no guarantee it gets a second shot this is the first time that they're taking a secondary character because We have been conditioned to think of Sam as a sidekick. Yeah. This is the first time they're taking a secondary character and making them the main character, the the star of, of a movie. And, you know, there's so much happening that's unprecedented that I wonder, you know, will people buy that? Will people be willing to go to the theater and plunk down their money to see a character they've always thought of as being, you know, not essential? And when you talk about, like, Falcon Winter Soldier did, according to some website that does these, these numbers, uh, about 1.7 million views of the first episode. Wow. That is, you know, that's fine. Um, when it first. This is when it first came out, th- that, that weekend. So that's fine. I'm sure many more people will watch it during its lifespan.
4: Sure. But
0: what about people who never see it? What about people who don't know the outcome of the show? What happens when those people see, oh, Cap, wait, Sam is Cap now? And they have no none of the pretext that led to that, that makes that a thing. That's
2: like a whole thing, right? We talked about that with the advent of these shows and like, are they ultimately a good or bad thing for the MCU? And like, I guess it remains to be seen, but I think- I think it speaks to the the thing that I the point I made earlier, right? That like you look at how many people went to go see uh Infinity War and Endgame, all of those people didn't see every other Marvel movie, you know? Um so like I wonder how many people will be like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, he gave Sam the shield at the end of uh Endgame, right? So he's capped now. That makes sense."
1: But but if if you watched Endgame, you know that at the end the the shield gets passed and yeah, right. like like that'll still make sense narratively, even if you haven't seen the show. I think I think they at least set it up in a way where that's still effective. Where we don't I, I wouldn't worry about that getting lost to audiences or people being surprised necessarily because of the way that those movies ended. Um, it, it makes it like the TV show being an added moment of this is how he became versus the context of, well, you were given the shield in the first place. It makes sense that this would be the outcome for this Captain America 4.
0: Kale, you were gonna jump in?
1: Mm-hmm. I also I sort of wonder how many
3: people that will be. You know, the Avengers in the MCU have been huge, huge hits. And, you know, with the with the uh advent of all these streaming services, you know, maybe People didn't see the Avengers movies, but they jumped on the Disney Plus train or maybe they didn't jump on the Disney Plus train, but they, you know, watched like, like Pete Marco said, Avengers, the Avengers films. Or maybe people just, you know, troll Yahoo still for some reason. And it popped up on the on the thing like it's not unreasonable to think that, you know, in 2021, like this is the culture. Like it, like it is like one, there are five of these movies every year now. Like people are at least sort of aware of what's going on, mm. you know?
0: And yet people still ask me questions like, uh, oh, is, is, is Ben Affleck's Batman a sequel to the Dark Knight <laughs> by Christian Bale? It does
2: happen.
3: Right. Uh, and I'm not saying they know the minutia of it.
2: Yeah. But they yeah. don't really care, I guess, is the point, right? Like, they're just there yeah. to watch the movie.
3: Yeah.
0: I think that's fine, you know, but one thing that uh, you guys are not counting on is the fact that, again, Sam is not a main character. Yeah. The show takes you on the journey to him becoming that person and or at least reminding you or teaching you why he already was that person. And if you don't watch it, then you don't have that familiarity. So, Yeah. Maybe you watch Endgame and you saw the the handoff. It depends on how much you care about that character. Do you think of them that way? Do you think of them as a character who can be a standalone hero who can anchor a movie? Um, I do now that I watched the show, but after Endgame, I certainly had question marks. Um, and as that, I'm speaking as someone who read the stories where he was Cap. Sure. So. Um, I don't think you can hand wave that reality away.
2: I think that's true. I guess the the point I would make to like challenge that I guess is like I th- I think you're right, but I also feel like those characters have a, a leg up. Coming into this phase because like we are also introducing new characters, right? So like we don't know who Shang-Chi is. Why should we root for him? Like that movie will tell us. And I, I think you could make the argument that even if you haven't seen Falcon Winter Soldier, that ideally Captain America 4 would sell you on the idea of why Sam is the new Cap and why that makes sense to you. But to your point, are people going to like feel ready for that going in? I don't know. But if the movie comes out and it's good and it's received well, then that probably doesn't matter, right? Because, like, people will be like, oh, I heard that's good. I'll go see it. I liked Falcon.
0: Yeah. I mean, word of mouth is everything in the MCU Mm. in the sense that, you know, a lot of their, like, Black Panther did better and better. Uh, because of Mm -hmm. of how good it was and how good it was received, how well Mm. it was received. Uh, Guardians is another example. So um, word of mouth travels faster than ever in history. And if it's good, that will probably be the most important factor. I would say that that hasn't always been the case because Ant-Man and the Wasp, I thought was pretty good and it didn't do very well. Um, I loved the first Ant-Man and that underperformed, I think. Yeah. So... It's all over the place we don't we can't necessarily predict the future. Um, I think that Sam's future in the MCU is heavily dependent upon what they choose to do with Steve. Um, if he's just coming back and that's the goal, then uh, I think people will be able to tell that. like if he's old and hanging around, hmm. I think that's gonna signal to people that he'll probably get his powers back. Um, and there's a story to be told there. That I love that story from the comics. I think that that's, that would be cool to see play out in live action. But to me, in order for the MCU to truly separate itself from the comics and in order for it to really, really let people know that you're not just going to see the same characters parading around here until the end of time, he cannot become Captain America again. Yeah. He can get his powers back, and maybe he can like have the one big battle again and die or say, "You know, uh, you know, whatever, you keep the shield."
1: But he can't become
0: cap again
1: if If in Cap four they do like a funeral, I think that uh like that's where we see. Uh, Steve Rogers, and then he just kind of appears in flashbacks and interactions with. I would like that uh, with a funeral um, for who? For Rogers, he's not dead. No, no, I'm saying if that's like how it opens up, like like it, if they're if they're clearing the board like officially, and let's say that that's how that movie opens, and we only get to see Chris Evans in flashbacks and in the sequences from like the past. Um, I think that that at least for me would would work from a narrative perspective, uh, and then be weird because the those billboard people kind of like i guess would want like a marvel zombie situation going on and i don't know that weird that's where we're going
3: did you guys catch the one-liner um in the finale isn't steve rogers on the moon it's not the only time they mentioned that but i know i feel like i heard that a couple of times through the show he's not what i wonder if they're gonna do the uh the the nick fury watcher situation
0: yep Oh Steve yeah, is absolutely alive. There's no doubt in my mind. They wouldn't bring it up if he wasn't. Yeah. And the rumors that he's that that Chris Evans is coming back are not for no reason. And the fact that Deadline is talking about a new project involving him, there's just there's no way around it.
2: Yeah, i I really hope that's not the case. I really don't want to see him. And and I love Chris Evans as Captain America, but I don't I don't want to see him come back and and just cap again you know like i i'm not interested in that at least not right now like if that was something they did like years from now maybe that would be okay um but i really don't want to see all the work that's been done here just be for nothing you know um i think how, that would be how, a shame how
3: many years can they do that though i mean the captain america films and the avengers films you know was a a decade right you know, like yep. they can only do that for so long.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. He only and has so many years left. He couldn't play the character. Yeah. Well, and, and, and
3: no matter what you do, that takes away from Anthony Mackey as well.
0: That's a part of the problem that you don't really have in comics. These, these are humans that age and every movie takes like two, there's always like at least two years between projects. So if we're going to get a trilogy of Sam Wilson cat movies before Steve comes back, that's almost that's over half a decade that Chris Evans has aged. And then it takes another two years or whatever to see him return to the role like it. It's so difficult to do that. And so. Um, it's going to be so compelling to see how they handle this. They're in unprecedented territory, but Marvel Studios is used to that. They state they, they've they always been in unprecedented territory because they are the people who kind of started this whole thing. Um, I think that in order, like I said, in order for them to condition fans to just accept death, they can't go back to the well almost ever. I think the one character I could accept them doing that with is Steve, but not if he becomes Cap. I think we have to allow these characters to age out or to die or whatever the case may be, and that's coming from somebody who does not feel that way in the comics at all. I don't. These aren't the comics, though. It, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, it's different. I think it should be treated differently, and Marvel has done that. They need to continue to do that. And, um, you know, we have to accept death. We, we just have to. It's part um, of life. It's part of life. There you go. Um, but, yeah, obviously not everyone agrees with that stance. If you are one of those people, write in and let us know your thoughts about death in superhero movies, death in the MCU, whether it should be permanent and how they should handle the future of Sam Wilson and to a lesser extent even uh, Rhodes and you know whoever else like I know um, Jeremy Renner just signed off because the Hawkeye TV show finished uh, filming and by all accounts this is his last hurrah and he will you know theoretically be replaced by Kate Bishop through Young Avengers so um, so many avenues for these things to go down can you the listener of this podcast right now, accept that these characters are gone. Write into the comicspals at gmail.com and let us know. Uh, while you are listening, make sure that you guys are leaving us a rating or a review wherever it is that you're listening to us. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast hosting platforms. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, drop us a comment. Share the video with your friends. Like it as well. All those things are free to do and they help us out a lot more than they cost you join our discord server to continue these conversations beyond the show and be made aware of when we do cool stuff, you know, we've done some watch alongs in the last uh, couple of months. We did the, the Snyder cut watch along. Uh, we're always, we're always cooking something up. We are, we're probably going to do a game night here soon. So if you want to be a part of those things, make sure that you are joining our discord server uh, The Sam Wilson Captain America Book Club drops on Tuesday. So check that out. We had a great time uh, putting that together. And we want to hear what you guys want us to cover as far as book clubs go. We've got a backlog of great ones we've done. And uh, we're backed up on the log of ones we've got to do. So if you want (laughs) to add to that list, again, you know, get at us. Many ways to do that, and uh, let us know. We're the Comics Pals on all social media platforms, of course. Listen to We Watch if you're interested in our conversation about Falcon Winter Soldier. Listen to our or listen to our We Watch Falcon Winter Soldier finale episode. We've also got the Invincible one that's running alongside that. So check all that great content out. We've got reviews out this week as well. If that's not enough, we reviewed Way of X number one, and we reviewed Bat Night, Bat, Bat Night, Bat- Batman Night. Fortnite. Number one, uh, the four night. So lots, lots of great content out there for you guys to check out. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate
2: you. I'm done rambling. Let's hit the plugs, Pete. Cool. I'll ramble for a while. Um, yes. I mean, how you guys feel about death? Yeah, you got to learn oh, to accept yeah. it. Anyway, uh, if you want to come talk. <laughs> if you want to come talk to me about death you can follow me at loud underscore pete on twitter and instagram uh if you want to get some more content from me you can check out uh the podcast uh video game podcast i host goes up on mondays and then uh, you can also go check out my band uh long friend time friend at lftf the band on twitter uh we've got our debut album if me dies me dies out this year uh back in february so about to uh turn two months actually uh, this week. So, um, nice. yeah, uh, really proud of it. Go check it out.
0: Marco. Oh, kale. I'm sorry.
3: You can find Marco at Mr. Marco Animoto on Instagram and Twitter. And I, Oh, here's one. What are the stakes for this game night? What are we going to make Marco do this time? <laughs> <laughs> How can we punish Marco for can being we, bad can in we games? actually break his bank? Like what is
4: let's make why, him
1: homeless. Wait, wait, why, why do we just assume that I'm going to be the one that has to uh, suffer consequences here?
2: History. Mm. History, mostly knowledge of ability. Anyway, Kale's <laughs> at Toto and toe uh, on Twitter and Instagram, uh kaleward.com. and Phil's uh, at cyborg bebop. Now it's Sean's turn.
0: Well, uh, <laughs> I am really excited for the future of the MCU, whether I love everything that they're doing or not. Uh, And I would love to talk to you guys about it. I'm still high off the finale of Falcon Winter Soldier, which I thought was amazing. So if you want to chat with me about that, I am on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. Hit me up to talk about your thoughts about Marvel or even DC for that matter. Uh, You know, I am no longer buying Joker. I bought, you know, Joker number two, but that's it. That's Uh it. And if you want to hold me accountable, at Sean Soapbox.
1: If you want to shit uh, shit on him, uh, wait till Wednesday at Sean's soapbox I Joker
2: think, number
0: 3 is not out Wednesday Marco I think no. what
2: we gotta do is we gotta start the movement of of we fund Sean buying Joker number 3 uh, so <laughs> hashtag keep Sean keep buying Joker number 3 that's the same <laughs> level of grammatically correct as that other fucking hashtag yeah I think
0: that might have been worse with that though we are the comic spot Take care. see you next week everybody